Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Phil Alfred, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers. We're here to preview the second game of the regular season Seahawks at 49ers on Sunday at 1.05 p.m. Welcome in, Keith. How you doing, man? Doing good. Um, yeah, this is going to be an interesting game. Um, I mean, 49ers were thought to be a team that was going to um, contend this year. It comes down to what you know, what to expect from their quarterback. We're not quite sure what that is, but um, they didn't look good in week one, so they're going to be looking for a bounce back. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and it was horrible weather there. I mean, essentially oh, yeah. a monsoon in, in Chicago, and uh, you know the 49ers played okay in that game for a while and had some good things, but in the end, ultimately, couldn't get the job done. Uh, a couple of things before we kind of get into the game stuff. Seahawks just announced today that Sean Alexander, running back for the Seattle Seahawks uh, during their first Super Bowl run, will go into the Ring of Honor on October 16th when Seattle hosts Arizona. That's a great thing. We talked a little bit about the Ring of Honor, I think, this last offseason in the summer about Mm -hmm. who might end up there first. Sean Alexander is the guy. What do you think about that? Uh, It's fitting. It's and it's it's a long overdue. he, he should have been in a while ago, and I'm glad to see him finally get in. Um, and then the next thing in, uh, that I think of is, okay, well, well, where's Marshawn? Let's get let's get Lynch in there as well. And and um, yeah, and yeah. all the all the, all those second Super Bowl kind of players should be should be coming up here one by one as as time goes on. Um, Seahawks made a signing, so a couple of moves really. Uh, Jamal Adams placed on injury reserve. He's out for the season. He's going to have quad um, reattachment surgery at some point to try to figure out what he's going to do there. He's still getting evaluations, apparently, to do that. But that move was made. Consequently, the Seahawks had an open spot on their roster and went out and signed uh, cornerback slash safety tease Tabor off the Falcons practice squad, originally a second-round pick out of Florida in the 2017 draft from the Detroit Lions. Uh, eventually was released in 2019 off of that roster, spent a little bit of time with the San Francisco 49ers on their practice squad. Most recently went through camp with the Atlanta Falcons and was on their practice squad. Seattle went out and signed him, so he is on the 53-man roster. Don't know what to make of that move other than it's just another body, um, maybe some special team stuff. Uh, likely not to see the field for for a while unless we run into more injuries. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a depth move. Um, you know, you're you need a defensive back because you lost one, and um, you know that's all he is. He's a guy that probably won't be active this week, um, and if he is active, um, it, he'll he's a special teams guy. Yeah, and he ran a four six two forty. So he originally at Florida, he was actually really decent ball hawking kind of guy had a lot of interceptions. I think seven interceptions and 20 some odd pass breakups in the last couple of years got Florida. 
expected to go in the first round, although he went to his combine run a 4.62, had some low uh, overall athleticism scores and dropped him into the back end of the second round. Um, but he's got good special teams uh, qualities, some nickel mm-hmm. coverage skills, um, just doesn't have that long speed to play on the outside. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, all right. Weather could be a factor. For the Sunday Seahawks game in Santa Clara, there's currently an 84% chance of rain on Sunday. So that's uh, usually unlikely this time of the year over there. And in fact, they've got great weather before Sunday and great weather after Sunday. It just so happens that uh, there's some sort of front moving in there quickly. No, it's uh, just, it's going to be interesting. Like if they have another day where it's just pouring and, um, weather is just you know they can't get their offense rolling because it's just soaked uh after the week they had in in uh, chicago like yeah right that's just kind of entertaining yeah so i thought what we would do today is just kind of go through um some of the different matchups today some of the different position groups what we're expecting um kind of go back and look at what san francisco did uh in chicago or didn't do and what we can expect out of this game so i kind of wanted to stop or start right over with DK Metcalf, I guess, against uh, Shavarius Ward in their mm-hmm. secondary. DK showed that he could uh, battle for contested catches all over the field, had seven targets, seven receptions. They didn't go for a lot. He didn't have a lot of room to maneuver. Um, did have a forced fumble that came out of his hands at some point when he was fighting for extra yards. But what do you expect from not only DK Metcalf, but our receiving uh, group against their secondary? Well, I mean, the secondary is, you know, kind of the weak part of San Francisco's defense, which, you know, the whole defense is good. So saying it's the weakest part doesn't, you know, mean that it's bad. Um, But it is the weakest part. And you've got a guy like DK Metcalf who has the ability to um, take over games and dominate uh, given decent quarterback play. And I expect him more out of him in this game than we got out of him in the last one. I mean, seven receptions on seven targets is great but how many yards was there right um and so they were a lot of you know a couple of them were, were catches behind the line of scrimmage a couple of um tackle at the moment he gets the ball uh, and i expect him to get like get free a little more be able to to do a little run more after the after the catch downfield and and that kind of stuff in this game now a word from our new sponsor raycon Lately, I've been listening to a lot of the Foo Fighters, and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge, trust me. Raycon's give you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycon's price just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. When I'm using my Raycons, I have three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation. Whether I'm in the studio or listening to my favorite band, my Raycons are great. Go to buyraycon.com slash TPPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash TPPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash TPPN. 
you know, I, I'll be completely honest. That's probably kind of an unwa- uh, unfair way to frame that question, really, because you do have to consider the pass rush of the San, San Francisco 49ers and the time oh, yeah. and the timing that Geno Smith is going to have. I think that's all going to be kind of thrown off a little bit just because they're very good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've got Nick Bosa, who's uh, outstanding when he's healthy, and Samson Ibukum, um that, that plays the other side more of a five tech guy, but he's good for four or five uh, sacks himself, but a good edge setter and good run stopper. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see um, Charles Cross and Abe Lucas in this game as well and how that does affect the timing and so forth. I'm not exactly, I would love for Gino to have another one of those really in sync games where he goes out, lights it on fire, it's 10 for 10 to start the game, um, you know, and has a really good, nice, efficient game. I'm just not so sure. I mean, it's, Especially it's, if the weather is bad. No, they've got a great defense. They just do. Um, they they mm-hmm. disrupted, uh, you know, the kid um, from Chicago as well. Fields. Uh, Justin Fields. Um, they had a couple of sacks. They had several hurries, a couple quarterback hits. Uh, we allowed a couple sacks and four quarterback hits from the Broncos. They have a similar sort of skill set um, surrounding the, the 49er defense as well. And so I expect some of the same. And so mm-hmm. are we going to see Gino of the first half against the Broncos or are we going to see Gino like he was in the second half where he was six to 10 for 35 yards? Yeah. And, um, wow, six of 10 for 35 yards. That's 3.5 yards per pass attempt. That's genuinely terrible. Um, just kind of what it felt like. Um, but you know, it's it. What's going to be interesting is, nobody really knows what a team is going to do week one until week one happens. Now there's tape, right? And if you listen to Pete Carroll um, on the radio this week, you know, they wanted that game. They were fired up for that game because it was Russ and because of all the crap that had been talked about, you know, for the last few months, Um, they didn't pull any, they didn't hold anything back. So that means that the 49ers have tape on what Seattle wants to do. Um, can the Seahawks still execute? That's that's going to be seen. I mean, like I said, coming out the first half of, of week one and doing st- great stuff is one thing. But now that there's tape, you know, defenses will make adjustments. They know what your, your tendencies are. It's going to make it harder. Yeah, and and you you kind of keyed into a, a to a topic that I thought we'd cover a little bit in this show, which um, kind of came under the category of things to watch. I guess would be is there an emotional letdown? Mm-hmm. You know, you you mentioned Pete Carroll really wanted that game. I think the team did too. They let everything go. Can they sustain that in a game uh, on the road against a division rival uh, after the tape has been seen? Everything's you know planned and so forth um that'll be a big test for the coaching staff i think to get this team ready to play yeah i i agree i think that um you know there's a lot of reasons why week one is you know is a thing like the wilson and and all of that stuff yeah that's that that's a huge thing but just the fact that they get to go out the starters get to play a full game they get to hit someone other than their teammates they get to play football at full speed and full contact for the first time um they're ready i mean everybody's ready to play just training camp and and everything's just so long that they're ready to get out there for games 
Um, okay, now they've done that. They've seen some guys get hurt. They're they've been sore on um on Tuesday and and all of that. Like they're they're into the season grind. Can you get up and play at that same level? It's not easy. It really isn't. You know, the Seahawks have been able to get up to play the San Francisco 49ers. Seahawks have won 15 out of the last 17 matchups against the 49ers going back to 2014 and four in a row. So there's some history on their side, but this is a completely different team, completely different roster. We are in a, you know, if you want to call it a reset, it's a rebuild. Um, we've got, you're looking for a franchise quarterback, um, but you're starting to build the roster, but it's a young roster. It's a fast roster. It's a great roster, it's a, it, but it's built with a lot of youth, especially in the trenches. And then you look at the back end on the defense. So um, I'm curious as to what position group or, or individual players that you are going to have your eye on that might be the keys to the, the game here in this, uh, well, this Sunday's matchup. So I'm really going to be watching the outside linebackers. I know um, Nuasso had a fantastic game, was the NFC player of the week last week, but they also got gashed a little bit against the run. I mean, they were giving up 10 yards per play on average, and and it was like eight yards per run. They were having a hard time setting the edge, and guys were getting into the secondary. Um, I want to see, you know, uh, Daryl Taylor be more disciplined um, against the run, and and not be getting himself out of position. I want to see, um, you know, guys set an edge, force the run back inside where uh, Barton and uh, Brooks are there to to make the play, and not make them chase a guy down, you know, ten yards downfield on the outside by the sideline. Um, that's really what I'm what I'm kind of looking at with this team is um, the there's a lot of talent. That outside linebacker group is good, but they are young. And they're raw and they need time to learn. And um, I hope I'm hoping to see significant improvement this week. And they're going to be tested. I mean, uh, this isn't an easy game. You know, that assignment that you just uh, are, are looking for is not going to be an easy one against this team because mm-hmm. you have two players that are uh, uniquely um, talented in the NFL in Debo Samuel and then Trey Lance. Trey Lance mm-hmm. is actually a very athletic. Uh, quarterback for them he's he's ready to to run in the nfl more so than he is ready to pass and they used his skills last week i think he had you know 10 or 12 rushes for um 50 plus yards yards. yeah 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 and then you look at debo samuel he was utilized on 12 rushes um and it, it's hard. Well, eight carries, excuse me, eight carries, 62 yards, 6.5 average and a touchdown. Um, but Trey Lance had 13 carries, 54 yards and 4.2 average. So both those players present unique challenges to a defense as far as the discipline side of it is concerned. We They showed that they were s- pretty undisciplined against the Denver Broncos on the edge and containing outside runs. They were getting pretty slashed. Um, mm-hmm. so it'll be very interesting to see if there's adjustments to be made against, uh, this team, the weather could be a factor. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Um, how about Trey Lance, the passer against Seattle's secondary Keith, and, and combining that with, with a pass rush that we might be able to generate. Yeah. I mean, Seattle had a good pass rush against Denver and, um, that was great to see. They got, um, I mean, Wilson statistically had a good game, but you saw him 
frustrated at times. You saw him running for his life at times. You saw him um, taking a couple sacks when he didn't want to. I mean, no one ever wants to, but you know what I mean. Um, and it's it's hard. It's a tough situation for um, you know for any quarterback when they're under pressure a lot. And Seattle has the ability to get after the quarterback. And the 49ers' offensive line is decent. If they've got some good players, but they've also they're you know they are not world beaters on the offensive line. Seattle should be yeah. able to get some pressure. Well, Trent, Trent Williams is probably the best linebacker or left tackle in the business, but yeah, beyond that, it's it's a it's an okay but relatively average uh, offensive mm-hmm. line, I think. Yeah, and so they're going to you're going to be able to get pressure, and if you get pressure on a young quarterback, whether they are you know Trey Lance or a young Russell Wilson, like good things happen for your defense. Um, and, you know, Trey Lance is a guy that he has some accuracy concerns and he's not always, um, you know, the, the, the best passer. He's more of a complete athlete and runner um, slash passer than he has just a clean passer. So you get him um, where his footwork isn't right, or you get him throwing off platform. Mm-hmm. You can get him to give you opportunities to make some interceptions. The team just has to come down with them because Seattle had two interceptions hit um, receiver or hit defensive backs in their hands uh, last game and caught neither of them. See, uh, Chicago was able to generate a little bit of pass rush. They were able to get some pressures, some quarterback hits and hurries on Trey Lance, uh, disrupt the timing and the potential uh, to create mistakes and some turnovers. That could be a key factor in the game. Absolutely, for sure. Especially if it's if if the weather's a factor again. Last game, uh, Trey Lance had 164 yards, 5.9 yards per attempt, and a 50.3 quarterback rating plus an interception. So uh, that could that could very well be a factor. Obviously, it's going to be a factor. Trey Lance is in his however many starts, what third start overall uh, mm-hmm. in the NFL, and and first time that he's had two. Uh, starts in a row since 2019 um so this is definitely a rookie i mean he's he's had one year under his belt uh in practices and so forth but this is really it for him he's out on the field for the very first time he's seeing real-time defenses uh react and and change things on him and uh, it's a a different ball game one of the other factors that we might consider too is george kittle george kittle hasn't practiced he missed the first game of the season he's got a groin um, they're trying to keep, I think, this thing kind of quiet, but indication seems to me uh, on a Thursday here um, before Sunday's matchup, and he's not practicing again today, that he may very well be out, which is a great thing for the Seahawks. I don't want to mm-hmm. say it's great to be injured or anything like that, but he's uh, last game out. He had nine receptions for 181 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. So he's he's definitely a weapon they'd like to take advantage of. He's you know, if not the best tight end in the game, he's number two, right? It all depends on where you put him and Kelsey. Um, and him not being out there would be a big deal. Um, it definitely uh, hamper their offense and help Seattle's defense because that's one, that's a guy you don't have to account for on every single play. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it could be. One thing that I read was that they are hoping that he can play this week. And that they are, even though he's not probably not going to practice all week, they are going to wait until um, Sunday morning uh, to make that decision as far as whether he plays or not, because they'd like him to. 
but he hasn't practiced in two weeks. That tends to tell me that he's probably not going to play. Um, but we'll see. I mean, if he if he does go, uh, then hopefully the Seahawks prepared for him. And now, here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NFL's opening week was action-packed, and it's just getting started. Get ready for week two of touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. This Sunday, bet on any NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So enough of the 49ers. Uh, I think no matter what the opponent is every week, uh, we're going to reach a point in this show where we're going to talk about what we need to see out of our own team, regardless Absolutely. of the opponent. And so where do you want to start that conversation? What are you looking for specifically? Uh, you know, one or two or three key things that that need to happen in order for this team to have a chance to win. Well, I'm going to see them uh, continue to protect Geno Smith and give him that pocket. It's going to be hard with a guy like um, Nick Bosa out there, but I think that combination of the tackles that they you know the rookie tackles that played really well last week and then will disley helping them out so you can double team uh nick bosa on every play should be able to um mitigate that problem and then it's just a matter of everyone else holding up uh in their, that pass rush if they can, can give geno smith a good pocket like they did uh last week then that will greatly help it'll make sure that um Gino has time to survey the field that he has, he won't be turning the ball over and, and putting Seattle in a chance to win. So I think that's first. The second one for me is that they've got to get the run game going a little better. They only had 12 um, rush attempts uh, in yes. the last game. I, I would like to see that up over 20 um, because I think that when you're, when the Seahawks are running the ball, it gets the play action game, the boot bootleg game. And, and these are elements of the offense that will work better if if um you know penny is making teams pay uh with runs up the middle and that kind of stuff so i'd love to see that get going and then yeah i just want i need them to be able to stop this running game um of the 49ers the 49ers are a um well they're very very similar to seattle in terms of the offense that they run they do a lot of um wide zone a lot of quarterback movement uh, a lot of bootleg stuff a lot of dragging guys across um, yep. you know, the yep. formation and, and, and they, they do a lot of similar things and you got to be able to stop the run, make them one dimensional, make Trey Lance beat you. Don't let Debo Sanyu, but make Trey Lance do it. Cause he's not a guy that's shown that he can do it yet. This will be a real test for Seattle's defense. Uh, we talked a little bit in the off season about Seattle's ability to stop the run. We did a pretty good job last year, but I still haven't, I haven't seen the indications or um time enough on the defense to know whether we're going to be a decent run stopping team or not it wasn't uh, pretty uh against denver 
doesn't mean it's they can't fix it and get it together and be a little bit more stout. They they do have the personnel at least in the middle. I'm just not so sure on the outside edges. Um, and and with with uh, a guy like Taylor and on the other side uh, Nuasu, um, it's just difficult to know if those guys are ready made to to stop the run on the edges or not. We're just gonna have to find out. Because mm-hmm. they're also being asked to drop back into coverage, so they're asking uh, asking those players to read uh, the offenses you mentioned dragging uh, on the on the offense as far as uh, scheme is concerned, uh, just uh, throwing out disguises and so forth, getting the defenses to show their hand before the snap, um, and those reads need to come from those type of players. And uh, you know, in the first game, it, it was a little challenging, so we'll see if they improve on that. You mentioned uh, the idea of running the ball more. In order to be able to do that effectively and, and have more than 12 rushes, 12 rushing attempts in this game, Seattle's going to have to sustain drives. They're going to have to convert third downs, um, sustain drives. I think they can run the ball effectively if they do well, that. They I think over, they need to. They were over 50% on third down. Uh, yeah, no, they, they were. They so, were. I'm and just that, I'm going to ask you, though, means, what do you that think? That usually about means this they game? will run it more. Um, in this game, I think you have to. I think if you drop Geno Smith back to pass 40 times and you let Nick Bosa get that many opportunities, he's going to start getting through. Um, he's just too good. And even, you know, putting Disley there to help out at some point, it's just too many opportunities. Eventually he's going to get through. He's going to get sacks. He's going to kill some drives. Um, you're, you're better off making him run sideline to sideline, making him work harder, tiring him out. Um, and you know, not letting him do what he does best, which is get after a quarterback. Uh, and I think that I think they have to run the ball in this game. And if you're over 50% third down conversions, why aren't you running the ball more? Right. That means the other thing is that the average yards to go on their conversions was 7.8, I think is what I saw. Um that's a that those are that's a lot of third and longs. And they still you know, they still got to um, you know, just over 50%, but you know, run better on first down, get yourself into third and short and not third and long all the time. So where you have an opportunity to, um, you know, open up the playbook and have a wider variety of plays available, make the defense uh, defend more of the field, that kind of stuff. Interesting. So I want to talk to you about one other thing before we um, wrap this thing up, and that's generating turnovers. How important that is to Pete Carroll's defense and, mm-hmm. and how uniquely positioned we might be uh, to be able to do that. It comes, it starts with the pass rush and affecting timing. Uh, but it also comes with players like Quandre Diggs. He was in position to get another, uh, interception. You mentioned that, um, Jamal Adams was the other, um, Quandre has got to make that happen. Yeah. Quandre has got to make that happen. But, um, Tariq Woolen seems really sticky and uniquely positioned to be able to affect balls, either batted balls, pass defense, or, uh, interceptions. We've already talked about Kobe Bryant having the ball hawking ability. He hasn't shown it yet, but by all indications, mm-hmm. uh, it, during a lot of practices um, at the VMAC, he was he was in there and making plays. And you've got Artie Burns, Sidney Jones. You've got a lot of ability. Can they do it? Yeah, I, I think they can. I mean, it's a matter of um, part of it is you know they've got to be in position, but part of it also is. You got to need a quarterback to make a mistake. You need them to, to uh, misfire a pass and put it where they can get the hands on it. They need, or um, just throw one accurately or, or have one batted up in the air. Things have to happen and the pass rush has to create that. And I think that when you're looking at, um, 
you know, a veteran quarterback like Russell Wilson, who gets out of danger so often and has such a good deep ball and all those things, like you're not going to get as many opportunities as you will with a young passer like Trey Lance. Now, at the same time, um, you can't take your eyes off Trey Lance because if you do, he's going to pull the ball down and pick up 15 yards with his feet. So um, he's a dangerous player in terms of that, but you are going to have opportunities to intercept the ball. And when you do, you got to, if you get your hands on it, catch the dang thing. Yeah. And, and physicality comes into play. I think we've got more physical players this year, both on the uh, defensive backs, as well as players like Nuasu and Josh, mm-hmm. uh, Josh Jones. Jones. And uh, Ryan Neal is going to be out there now more. He's going to be asked to do more. Um, and then you've got guys like Al Woods and um, Shelby Harris, Quentin Jefferson are all good around the ball, getting their hands in there um, and, and punching out force fumbles and so forth. So we, I would continue to look for that as well as being a factor, especially from Nuasu. I think that was one of his specialties even before coming onto the Seahawks. And he's, uh, he's really good at that, looks for opportunities there anything else you want to hit upon before we head out well um well we need predictions we can't we can't, we can't get out of our preview show without predictions i was so, trying i was trying wasn't i you were i know you're because you don't want uh you're not ready to to um you know pick against seattle this week again are you bill well, I am. I, you know, at some point you got to look at the 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 laws of averages, and you've got to look at w- how we really play it against the Denver Broncos, and look at the real roster of the San Francisco San Francisco 49ers. I don't think the first game there in Chicago was a realistic depiction of where they're going to be at for the the rest of the year. Um, Trey Lance is the variable, and he'll probably be the variable in December when we play him again. But um, I think their roster is is loaded. It's it's on their home field. Weather could be a factor. Maybe that makes it more neutral than than normal. Um, I predicted this loss in our prediction show, and it still lines that that way for me because to repeat that performance for Gino, uh, taking the first half performance uh, out of the Bronco game and and having that same performance against the 49ers, is difficult to do. It just is. Now, if it happens, I'll, it'll be it'll be great. And I'll be cheering this game on for sure. You and I are going to watch this game in person together. That's going to be awesome. But I think it's 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 going to be a loss. And it, I want it to be competitive. So as long as it's competitive, we're getting good things out of the game. Um, I think that's that that's favorable for Seattle. I'd love the win, but I think it's going to be a loss. So I'm going to say uh, 49ers. 23 Seahawks 17. So do you know that the 49ers opened at 10 and a half point favorites uh, over Seattle? Yeah. It used to be like six or something early, early, early. Um, and now it's gone up actually after this first week. Yeah. To, so yeah. when we say, when I say open, I mean, that's the, um, what it is on uh, Tuesday morning, right? That's yeah. when all the games have been played. They reset all the, all the lines, it right. was 10, 10 and a half. That's too um, high. That's a big spread. That and considering the history of these two franchises in the last seven years, eight mm-hmm. years, um, that's kind of ridiculous, um, really. Yeah. Uh, if you're honest, and and uh, and that I get that, but I think that that's not realistic. I would take that. I would take that. I think. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and the, the thing that. is that it moved fairly quickly to nine and a half, um, and then now it's at eight and a half. 
Um, it keeps shifting Seattle's way, which yeah, which is which tells me there's a lot more money on Seattle that they people are looking at that going, it's not that's that that line, that number is too big. And so especially they're, they're, if George Kittle is out, you know, Debo Samuel's a, a definite weapon, and I think the entire offense is going to run through Debo Samuel on Sunday, especially since mm-hmm. Elijah Mitchell was hurt and he's out like eight weeks. Um, it's the Debo Samuel show. I mean, he's mm-hmm. going to be their featured running back and receiver and. Yep. You Him know, jet sweep guy. Yeah, Ayuk was only targeted two times, which was kind of a mystery in the first game. I look for him to be more involved, but it's the Debo Samuel show, especially if Kittle's out. If Kittle's there, I think the odds are, you know, Seattle's going to have a hard time. But without him in there, and if they can focus and contain Debo and, and you make Trey Lance um, throw and beat you with his arm, I like our chances, you know, but I think we fall a little short. Yeah. How about you, that, Keith? No, and I'm with you on that. I I think that uh I was looking at that when I saw that it opened at ten and a half. I'm like, okay, I'm not someone who 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 puts money in games. I just I I don't have the um disposable income to do that. But man, I would have taken that. I would have taken that. That that is too many points. Uh yeah. so in a, it's not a college game. In a college game, ten and a half, you know, that right, you know, right. teams cover teams cover that all the time. In the NFL, no. They yeah, but the even fact- ten and a half in in college. I mean, sometimes that you could see that coming from like a UCLA versus Boise State game. I mean, mm-hmm. this this is a very lopsided. That's a very lopsided number coming out of the uh, NFL. Yeah, that's what I mean. In the oh. NFL, like that's that's huge. That's a massive number. And um, I would have taken Seattle. Um, I still would take Seattle to cover. I think that that is, um, you know, if we're doing kind of do this against the spread, I'd I take Seattle to cover because I think eight and a half is still too much. But I also agree. I think San Francisco wins this. I think that, um, you know, the Seahawks have a little bit of an emotional letdown. They they come back to earth a little bit. They're more of what we expected them to be, uh, more of what they were in the second half against Denver. And San Francisco ends up on top here. Um, what if we're wrong? Oh, what I'm, if Seattle I comes think- out and spanks the 49ers on their home field? We sack Trey Lance, you know, the, three or four or five times we create a turnover Gino's uh, really good again and the will you know the offense kind of expands because now we're running the ball a little bit more uh, the defense already said you know is, is playing really well what if that happens I would if that happens Keith and we're two and oh and then we face Atlanta next week we have I would have to reevaluate honestly where we're at because um that would just be something that is completely unexpected and mm-hmm. it would change the dynamic of how we look at wins this year. Like, I don't know. I don't know. If, 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 if the CX come out and win this game and I'd love to see them come out and win this game, I'd love to see them come out and win every game, but if they come out and win this game, I'm probably going to pick against them against Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why I'll pick against them um, against Atlanta is because uh, clearly I've picked against them twice and they've won. And I'm just going to keep riding that train until it, that's uh, until it crashes. Right. Um, <laughs> Cause I want to see wins just because I pick a loss. Doesn't mean I, I want to see a loss. I we don't pick losses wins. very often, you know, and when we do, we're trying to be as realistic as possible. I mean, we are kind of homeristic. It's true. Um, you know, we follow the team and we're not beat writers. We're not, uh, you know, but at the same time, uh, we are trying to be realistic and just really look at the matchups and stuff. And it does favor the 49ers. It's football. Anything mm-hmm. can happen on Sundays. 
Um, Seattle doesn't have a bad team. They're not like a bottom three team in the NFL. Those, the, you know, when you're a bottom three team, it's hard to have anything go right, and you see a lot of faults. Seattle doesn't have that roster. It's it's kind of at that at that next level, um, and it, but when you're when you're there, um, you can you can win unexpected games. You can outperform expectations, and I think that's yeah. where this team's at. And just look at if they Monday. continue to do that, though, at some point you have to say I was wrong. Uh, they're they're clearly at the at the at a level beyond my expectations. Yeah, so I we'll, mean we'll see. I, I think that one of the things that you can see is there's a lot to like on the roster. I still, I'm still not sold on Geno Smith doing thing and one half of football is not going to sell me on anything. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. so I, I still think they're going to, going to have some weaknesses and they're going to lose a bunch, but the rookie tackles played really well in week one, right? The, the, the middle linebackers, which was a concern um, played really well in week one, the yeah. cornerbacks, which, you know, they're, way down the depth chart in terms of who got, who was actually on the field uh, last week did did surprisingly well in week one um and like treek woolen's only going to get better yeah so you right, mentioned more, a bunch of stuff on the defense how about the offense i mean we haven't really seen the wide receivers tackles. well okay we haven't really seen though the <laughs> wide receivers have an effect you know we haven't seen uh ken walker take the field yet um, yeah and he's we've, he's we've actually supposed to play this week he's set to yeah. play yeah so i mean there's still some opportunity for improvement mm -hmm. um going forward and it'd be interesting to see if it happens i mean if it happens i'm throwing my hat in to pete carroll at, at coach of the year just an early vote uh, if they win this game because he's going to be doing some some miracles with this roster going forward if we can get Gino to play well and every everything else kind of works we mentioned the best case scenarios you know in our prediction shows being kind of seven wins or so forth I still think that that's probably true but man early on you win two games you you thought you were going to lose and all of a sudden seven wins looks attainable looks like nine possibly right you know you, you could yeah. definitely play yourself in, in in a situation like that um yeah, I look at, at all of this, and honestly, uh, if Pete Carroll can coach this team into maybe they don't even have to make the playoffs. They just have to be in contention for the playoffs until the last few weeks and end up at seven or eight wins, but they were still being talked about in the playoff picture. That might be the best piece of coaching uh, in, of Pete Carroll's tenure because this is not a team that's built to win. And if they're still winning and they're winning enough games to be in there, he does will deserve some coach of the year votes. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. All right. Let's get out of here. Everyone enjoy the game on Sunday, 105 PM against the 49ers. We'll be back next week. Uh, I think on Monday, probably to recap this uh, game and talk about what we liked, what we didn't like and all that good stuff. So find Keith on Twitter. You can find him at, Myers NFL. You can find me at NW Seahawk. You can find the show and the, uh, the podcast and the YouTube variety of the show. Uh, and when you do, hit that subscribe button, please, and share it with your friends and family. Until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. 
You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.